demon What am I? It's time for me to choose my path The power of my God hand No evil doer will get past Hand to hand or fist to fist Kick your nuts or twist your wrist God power keeps my pimp hand strong So trust me or you won't last very long Dragon kick your ass into the Milky Way Welcome to the Kane and Rince podcast. This is volume 4, issue 177. We are talking about God Hand, but before we do, I would like to encourage you to play along with us during volume 4. Next week we'll be covering Two Human. Uh, after that, we finish off the Silent Hill series with Downpour. Then it is Killer 7, followed by Halo 2 and the Anniversary Edition uh, re-release of that game. And then the, uh, the fifth show in our upcoming roster is uh, Frequency and Amplitude in one show. You can find the sh- that schedule that I've just mentioned and the schedule beyond that to the end of Volume 4 at canandrinse.com. You will also find their uh, blog articles, links to merchandise stall, forum, Facebook page, Google Plus page and our YouTube channel. I would also like to encourage you to listen to our music, our video game music podcast, I should say, called Sound of Play. It's on a separate feed, so in your podcast uh, grabber of choice, if you search for that, you should be able to find it. We are uh, more than a dozen episodes in now, so every fortnight get another dose of eight or nine musical tracks from some of our favourite games. And for that podcast and this one, it would be fantastic if you would review, rate, and most importantly, subscribe to both of the podcasts on iTunes, preferably, uh, just because it gets us a lot of coverage and it'll pump us up the charts a bit, gets a few extra people, maybe you'll find us by uh, by iTunes' uh, mystical search system, uh, but also on any other podcast software you may, might be happen to be using. That would be most welcome. Thank you for doing so. I've talked enough already. My name's James Carter, but along for the ride are Joshua Garrity. Hello there. And from Midnight Resistance, uh, multiple time Caden Rinse guests, Sean Bell. <laughs> All right, how's it going? Uh, we're talking God Hand. We'll get into what that is in a bit. I suspect many people listening know the name. Uh, if you don't, I, I really think you should, but anyway, we'll come to our opinions <laughs> on the game shortly. This is a game from 2006, well, 2007 in, in this country. Um, had a bit of a staggered release, but mostly between September 2006 and February 2007, the game came out. Uh, PlayStation 2 only, although it did in 2011 come to uh, PlayStation Network, so you can buy it on your PS3. Um, it was released in, in America first, but it's on the EU PSN as well. It is a Capcom game, but they did not develop it. This was the uh, Team Beautiful studio that spun off into Clover Studio. We have previously covered games that are related to people who are involved with Clover Studio. Primarily, obviously, in issue 61, we covered Okami, which was Clover Studio's kind of they had multiple beautiful Joe games, but their, their second game, if you like, was Okami and then, uh, then this one. But also, uh, other people involved with this game uh, were involved with Resident Evil 4, which we covered in issue 2 of Kane and Rince, Shadows of the Damned, which we covered in issue 8, 
and Bayonetta and Vanquish, if I can speak, which were covered in issue 12. So lots of previous history in Cane and Rinse with uh, games associated with Clover Studio, if not made directly by them. Their games, as I say, they were Team Beautiful when they made Beautiful Joe. Uh, Clover Studio, they were named by the time they did Beautiful Joe 2, Beautiful Joe Red Hot Rumble and Beautiful Joe Double Trouble. Then they made Okami and this was their final game before they were dissolved uh, and and spun off into quite a few of them. Platinum's the obvious one to point to, Platinum Studios. Uh, But this game, Godhand. Other names you might might recognise. Producer of this game, Atsushi Inaba. Uh, familiar to those who follow uh, Devil May Cry series, Phoenix Wright, Steel Battalion, and then Clover Games, and, and now Platinum Studio, Platinum Games games. A lot of the people involved in this are stable names uh, through Capcom's late 90s, early 2000s output, and none more so than Shinji Mikami, who, between designer slash director credits and producer credits, is involved with a massive number of Capcom games, too many to mention here. Resident Evil 4, Vanquish, The Evil Within are, are three big ones in, in sort of the past 10 years that, that are worth noting. Uh, a, a name that is undoubtedly familiar to anyone listening to this, and he is designer on, on God Hand. Uh, writer Hiroki Kato and composers Masafumi Takada and John Fukuda um, round out the, the credits that, that, uh, that I could sort of pick out. And again, lots of Capcom games amongst amongst them. Um, before we get into our histories with this games, uh, 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 with this game, guys, uh, are there any of those in particular that you that you would like to raise as as being significant when we're talking about Godhand? I mean, well, yeah, I mean, Mikami's the obvious one, isn't he? Because yeah, yeah. it's it's from that era where, like, I mean, it's probably still kind of the case now, but there was definitely this period where you could feel when a game was made by Shinji Mikami. It was like between this and like Piano 3, um, Resident Evil 4 and probably a couple of others, there's that that shared sort of feel of the way the character, like the main character moves and stuff that it's like you you, you come to recognise it instantly. Um, so it's definitely like a, a trademark uh, Mikami game of that era, I think. Um, and wasn't the, uh, which guy, was it Masafumi Takada? He's actually, isn't he from Grasshopper? Quite possibly, I think. Um, when... When Clover Studio was dissolved, mm-hmm. Grasshopper was one of the studios that some people went to. Yeah, Pla- yeah, Platinum yeah. as well. So yeah. it's it it gets very messy trying to track mm. track people. But uh, there, there are also Smash Brothers um, credits for for him as well. So mm-hmm. uh, just a, a massive variety of of games. A, a lot of them very well known for their music mm-hmm. that uh, that Takada has been. Uh, associated with yeah yeah, yeah it, i i pulled up his credits took one look at them and thought i can't even parse that into, into picking <laughs> out which ones are the most significant because it just seemed like an awful lot of them uh were but uh yeah absolutely yeah and uh, josh you've got a, a long history with a lot of the games that i've just uh, mentioned as well i know yeah yeah um it, 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 you can definitely see a lot of, as Sean was saying, a lot of Shinji's uh, style in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just the focus on action above all else and mechanics above all else is something that Shinji Mikami is really big on. And you can see that in Resident Evil 4. You can see that in Vanquish. You can see it in basically all of his projects. And I think more so here than any of his games, uh, mechanics are front and you know front and center yeah yeah absolutely we'll, we'll come on to that a bit later i think i think it's 
it's relatively telling, and we, we all need to talk about it, but it's relatively telling that I didn't really feel like a graphic section was necessary in the show notes. Um, it's all about the gameplay, really, certainly for me, uh, f- from from first moment I started playing this game. Um, so, how did we all come to the game? Sean, I, I imagine you were the first of us to come to the game by probably some quite significant margin. So, uh, um, what was your first encounter with uh, with God Hand? Um, well, I actually, uh, to my shame, I pirated this um, just because, uh, like you say, it had this very staggered release and it, it looked mm. like it probably wasn't going to make it to Europe um, mm. in 2006. Um, I did eventually buy it when it came out over here, but um, yeah, it was uh, Rab Florence's review on uh, Video Gaiden, yes. um, which yeah, sort of predated the actual uh, European release of the game by by a fair bit. But um, it's well regarded, I think, as like one of the um, sort of finest like video reviews ever done. I think just because it's so <laughs> like like it's such an obviously niche game, and yet the review makes absolutely no concessions to that it's not like ah you know it's great but you might not like it is no it's just like you know six minutes whatever it is of just sort of like this game is incredible yeah. um you need to play it and um just explains the uh the allure of it brilliantly i think even you know the, there's probably people who have tried the game and hated it and then watched the review and then and then understood it mm. and gone back to the game and, and yeah. tried it again and um yeah i think it does such a fine job of explaining um why the game is as good as it is because it is like initially it's not it's difficult to see what's there. Mm, <laughs> I think yeah, it's yeah. a hard thing. It's a difficult yeah. game to get into. So yeah, so I think that that review and then sort of yeah that need to play it ended up just downloading it and on the using the old bloody uh, swap tool uh, swap tool on the PS2, <laughs> um, nearly breaking the bloody thing. <laughs> uh, but obviously, yeah, as you say, when it did finally come out, February two thousand and seven, you mm-hmm. ended up picking up a copy. Uh, oh, it's absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because. Um, I think part of the reason Activision ended up publishing or distributing the game in Australia mm. is because it was kind of a will they won't they release it in the various areas around the world. It took about a month to come to America. Yeah. But I think uh, the the Japanese release um will come on to a bit of the reception towards the, the end and how how the game was kind of appraised but um I, I was reading earlier that the Japanese release it entered uh, number 5 on the charts and by the end of 2006 had sold about 65,000 copies and currently it's listed as 70,000 copies in Japan and no figures listed for anywhere else in the world on on VG <laughs> charts so it just it it wasn't selling and it was one of those well is there any point bringing it out elsewhere but obviously they did end up doing so which was uh, was great mm. um I think I'm right in saying I, I'm the the next to come to the game in terms of when I, I played it. So um, it's fitting that Sean said how he came to it because <laughs> I have since watched the video guide and review. But uh, mm-hmm. Sean, you very much did for me what uh, Robert Florence did for you with this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you and Andy, if it's if it's not the Souls games, um, <laughs> it's it's God Hand that for a, a long time uh, back in Dark Zero days and and mm-hmm. um, and then Midnight Resistance. Um, that yeah, you guys bang on about how how great it was. Um, mm. I actually um, created a, a USPSN account to download this because again, it was one of those that's been put on the USPS uh, PlayStation Network. Uh, but will it ever come out in Europe? Yeah, on the yeah. same because there are there are plenty of instances where that hasn't happened, specifically for a lot of PSP games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up creating a, a US account and, and buying it on there and playing it on PS3 a couple of years ago. But it was, yeah, hearing you talk about it and, and the way that someone like uh, Robert Florence and, and that video guide end review 
mm-hmm. can swing people around the the enthusiasm and the love for it and the mm-hmm. same that that you and uh, and Andy have can really pull people towards a game that might otherwise have pushed people away yeah, yeah. um i i think of games like near which a lot of people did the same a lot of mm-hmm. people bounce off that game and then scratch their heads when they hear other people lauding it yeah um and uh, and the souls games you know uh, people uh, plenty of of people uh, andy and yourself and um, matt lees made a lot of video content trying to explain or podcast content trying to explain why they love uh, the Souls games so much and that brought a lot of people into them so um, it's it's really interesting that some games that have very mixed critical responses not that Dark Souls did but Nier certainly did and this did can can become can get that kind of cult status cult classic status uh, and encourage people to either to pirate them or to try and get them from a different region and effectively import even if it's digitally or whatever mm. um, to import copies and and end up with this kind of aura around them so um, w- when I tucked in uh, a couple of years ago uh, it, it was just with almost unreasonable expectations and for a game that can push people away that's difficult to overcome but we'll get on to whether or not it did shortly uh, I guess. Uh, and Josh, what's your his- history with the game? I, I wasn't really aware of God Hand's existence even until I was uh, involved in the podcasting scene uh, with Kane and Rince and stuff like that and started to, you know, listen to all sorts of different podcasts. And and I actually, I think it was Sean and Andy again that mm. uh, got me interested in checking out God Hand, just the way they were talking about the combat system. And um, so I looked up a YouTube video of the first stage, and I thought, "Really? I, <laughs> the, this is what we're this is what we're infusing about. This is what generated <laughs> this much excitement." And then I just kind of thought, "Oh well, okay, maybe it's not for me," and just left it for ages. But then people kept talking about it, and kept <laughs> talking about it, and kept talking about it, and I just got to the point where. Right, okay, I've got to get my hands on this thing because this must be an example of a game where its brilliance isn't really apparent until you've got it in your hands and you're playing it. Mm. And yeah, well, yeah, that's kind of what, that's how it kind of turned out for me. Um, So I I ended up picking it up on um, PSN um, about a year and a half ago. And I've kind of been slowly working my way through it, not because I wasn't enjoying it, just because we'll get onto it later, but the difficulty (laughs) of the game is quite uh, intense. And um, a part of the reason why I uh, signed up for this this podcast was just to give me something to motivate (laughs) me to finish it. And... um, yeah, it, yeah. That so I finished it today, and uh, yeah, that's my history. Fantastic, as is very often on the podcast. Three completely different times to come to the game, and, and completely different ways of finding out about it. Although for myself and Josh, somewhat similar, although we played it at different times. Uh, it's probably worth saying at, at this point, anyone who's interested in playing the game, um, I'd say PS2 copies would probably be freely available, but given. The low sales, they might actually not be. Uh, I was going to say it was quite a limited run. I think I don't think they uh, put yeah, that many copies out. Yeah, almost certainly would have been. Um, the The most obvious way to get hold of it is uh, is on PSN mm-hmm. for your for your PS3. Uh, when I got it, I think it was uh, ten dollars, um, possibly a, a discounted price at a release, but it's it's not that expensive. Mm. Uh, and uh, and and 
plays perfectly well. Just sorry, I'm just having a quick look on eBay. Yeah, there's a couple of PS2 copies going for like 15 quid, so pretty sure it's cheaper on PSN. There's one bold man from Italy selling a copy for £69.90. pence. <laughs> Best of luck to him. <laughs> Pre-PSN release, that probably was the going rate, but yeah, n- not anymore, unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> so if you happen to buy that £69 copy, um, which I'm, I'm sure is is a joke now that I think about it. Um, no, 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 seriously, it's that. <laughs> no, no, I mean the price he's set at. Oh, no, I think he's, like, he's put like rare, yeah, so, well, he, says, he says it's new, presumably means unused. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, it's still sealed. Still sealed, that'll Blimey. be it then, yeah. <laughs> so if you want that sealed copy, do do go ahead and buy it and, and write in and tell us all about it. <laughs> um, or go to PSN and grab a copy there. So, God Hand, it is a third-person brawler. It's a th- third-person hmm. 3D uh, brawler game, I, I, I guess, is, is the best way to explain it. Um, Devil May Cry is, a, is an obvious touchstone. Um Bayonetta, a more recent example of, of this sort of game, so you'll get an idea from that what we're what sort of thing we're talking about here. But I what I would add to that though is that God Hand is a lot closer to what the 2D Streets of Rage type games are in yeah. 3D mm. than mm-hmm. uh what uh, Devil May Cry and, and Bayonetta and that lock ha- uh, have evolved into. I think this is this is uh, an attempt to try and bring that formula, the Streets of Rage formula to a 3D environment. I think it. I think it's also got a lot more in common Resident Evil Four than it has a lot of um, roaming brawlers. I think, like we were saying, the the way the character moves and stuff, mm. um, the positioning of the camera, um, it, yeah, it's all like, and the, even like the you know the little quick time events and stuff, um, all very similar to Resident yes. Evil Four, which yeah. is no surprise because mm. it was mostly the same team. I think. Yeah. 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 yeah no, that's that's absolutely fair. Um, yeah, I, I I agree, Josh, absolutely with uh, with your your assessment. Not least of all, we'll come on to to gameplay a little bit later. It being kind of the 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 main thrust of the game, but there is this inclination when you play the game to think of it as a button masher. Like you can play a lot of of two D brawlers, you can just kind of button mash. There's only going to be a couple of attack buttons. It feels like that, and you quickly realize playing God Hand that's not going to cut it. Just like if you're, <laughs> you know, if if you're playing. Streets of Rage. Well, it shouldn't be a, a, a button masher, but there, it feels like you should be doing that. It feels simplistic, but there's a, a, a hidden depth. It's not that hidden in, in God Hand. You'll you'll find by the end of the first level that there's depth in the combat, but it's certainly it's deceptively uh, deep because of the way. And probably get onto this in a bit. The way you can yeah. customize your combos mm. and stuff. Yeah. You can sort of you can make it a bit more of a button masher. Like I. <laughs> I tend to customize my combo so that it's all like basically the fastest moves I have. Um, yes, yeah. Because I feel like that allows me to be sort of more reactive to what's going on. Um, and I think doing it that way, yeah, you, you do get away with a bit more of just mashing the standard attack button. But you still, yes. you've got to remember how to do your guard breaks. You've got to remember how to, you know, do like that uh, spinning drop kick and stuff like that. Um, like it all, all stays relevant, even though you can sort of gear it a bit more towards just mashing the standard attack. The other thing that strikes me uh, as as salient when it comes to the the 2D brawler is is the aesthetic. It has this kind of it, just weirdness to it. There's, there's no other yeah. way to say it. Weirdness. It's an old west setting. You're you're in uh, you're a lone gunslinger type trope character walking around this kind of dust bowl 
mainly deserted, you know, group of, of buildings that are all but about to fall over. Interestingly, I was on the, the Capcom database wikia uh, mm. page. Uh, uh, don't know much about it other than they claim God Hand is a sci-fi post-apocalyptic uh, setting, <laughs> uh, which which just struck me as bananas. It just goes to show what what uh, what the setting means to different people. I, I don't get that at all. Out yeah, of any I, I of certainly this game, but like sci-fi, not not really. Um, no. I think <laughs> post-apocalyptic. I guess I like I I suppose maybe this, but not what you'd think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think people say well. No, I was going to say I think people say post-apocalypse because of. Um, Sort of likenesses to like Fist of the North Star, but then that mm. that's not post-apocalypse, is it? That's just like a prison planet or something. I've never seen it. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, um, but yeah, yeah it, it, that struck me as one of the most odd takeaways for the uh, for the setting of the game <laughs> that, that I I thought of. I mean, technically, and again, story we'll get to a bit later. Technically, there was an apocalypse, and this is in the aftermath of it, but it's not a post-apocalyptic setting in what you think of. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, certainly, when we think of films that and and games like say Fallout, uh, films like Mad Max, because it happens to be in the cinema mm. very soon, so um, those are what we think of as that. Where it's um, it's much more in the aftermath of our current world, and this just isn't uh, in, in any way, shape, or form. This is uh, something else. But yeah, because it's um, kind of like so you're fighting these demons who want to you know make humanity miserable and stuff, and it's a bit, like the setting and like the people in it are such a sort of non-entity that's kind of like what are they fighting over what who is it the demons are going to ter- like terrorize i don't really <laughs> like the characters in the game are all brilliant but there's no real sense of like like the world beyond you fighting people which is fine i mean you you say it's fine but actually that was one of the reasons that uh one of the things that put me off playing the oh, game really? for a okay. while is that just it's it felt like a, the the narrative stuff and the setting and all of that stuff it just didn't really tie together now i'm not yeah. saying like i'm not saying resident evil 4 has a particularly great story it's <laughs> it's b movie you know it's b movie nonsense but it it it's cohesive it has yeah, a yeah like your motivations always clear from yeah, the first it's bit, very clear. Yeah. Whereas this, this feels very confusing and and messy. Now, to, you get halfway through the game and you kind of embrace that, and you kind of fall in love with the, you know, insanity that God had uh, God Hand is presenting you. But for a long time, it was like I'm really enjoying the the gameplay, but there's nothing really motivating <laughs> me beyond that yeah. to keep yeah, playing. Sure. Looking back on it now, I can kind of piece together bits of the setting and the way it looks and the the game systems. And there is a there's a certain amount of it all fitting together simply because it's all so ludicrous. But to come at it from the front end and to see it all and just think, well, there's nothing, uh, there's no consistency to this world. There's no consistency to to what's going on. Really, it seems like a bunch of random ideas. Uh, the like you, you would see in say. A film like Itchy the Killer, um, which is my go-to for something that is a film version of this kind of game. It's just nuts. You don't really know what's going on, and it looks like it's just random ideas slapped together to to no particular effect other than to shock. It kind of it kind of revels in that, though. I think that's why it gets yeah, away with it. Like a, yeah. it's so unapologetic about it that it's it's not really like you can't really criticize it for it. I think. Yeah, and that's it. And and the fact that it's so unapologetic and so random and ridiculous and, and ludicrous in, in places 
it gets to the point where you see that that is that's the idea, that's the point, that's the raison d'etre. You know, mm. that's why it is uh, what it is, um, and and that's exactly as you say, Sean. That's why you end up not even forgiving it. You end up, you know, understanding. Oh yeah, that that's what they're going for. You know? Yeah, mm. Mm. I, I I think it just as a player coming to it for the first time, it takes yeah. a while to realise that. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, for the for the longest time, I'm like, well, what 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 is the purpose of all this? And then halfway <laughs> through, you go, oh, there is no purpose. Okay, <laughs> and then you just embrace it. Uh, but like, I can totally understand. I think the reason why I'm bringing this up is that I can understand why the early stages of this game would put people off, mm-hmm. um, because you really do need to commit to this game for it to show you its you know true colors and yeah. and the the setting and the narrative does it no favors in terms of getting players to keep playing no sure yeah i absolutely yeah. understand what you mean josh yeah uh, a, a game of this sort of difficulty uh, and and that will you know punish you in the, in the way that this will and it takes yeah. a bit of getting used to in that respect can yeah. hook players with all the other stuff we've we've been talking about the setting the story the characters the humor um, yeah. and and that isn't what this does you know all of that stuff is as challenging as as the combat is in many ways the next aspect of which is is the the kind of gambling aesthetic which does fit with the old west kind of uh, saloon aesthetic you know the fact that your your special moves are on a, a roulette wheel and mm. are kind of randomized as to what you're going to get when you try one of them (laughs) you just don't know you've got a random selection you've just got to kind of spin through them as quick as possible and find something that does the job Mm. um the the cards the the pickup cards that actually you you realize it's not about running around and picking up cards and picking up the one-armed bandit fruit uh health pickups um as, as soon as you see them you've got to be a bit more strategic with it <laughs> i've only just twigged that's why they're all fruit carry on <laughs> <laughs> to be honest i'm not sure it's obvious until you see the the two cherries pop out uh, yeah, which yeah. is kind of kind of stand for that uh, and and the the only thing you can kind of willy-nilly run around and pick up are the the bags of money that enemies drop mm. which is your scoring system which again makes sense in that kind of old west saloon bar type aesthetic um yeah i think you're you're absolutely right in that you yeah, you can't just pick up every item you see um, no, no, absolutely. because you, you sort of you have to learn to ration them out, which I think is it's almost definitely why they they appear on the radar because yeah. um, yes. they know you're gonna like crack Wanna open a box or whatever, yeah, and yeah, and then, fight, need to, yeah, exactly, yeah, they they know you might opt to sort of leave it there and come back to it later. So um, so that's cool. Although it's also nice that if you are full on health or roulette uses or whatever, um, it gives you money instead. Um, so yeah, if, so if you're feeling wasted, bold, yeah. Yeah, 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 you can just grab it and get the extra money. In in that respect, I mean, they're they're bright, vivid uh, icons on on screen, but they do fit into the kind of overall aesthetic. And mm. particularly one boss fight, the, the first boss fight where you're fighting two guys at once, mm-hmm. that was where and and you've fought a couple of waves of enemies before they hop down to fight you. This yeah. is Mister Gold, Mister Silver. Mm-hmm. Um, that was where I realised, no, I've got to ration everything. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> un, unlike a lot of other brawlers, where your special moves are, oh, I've filled my meter, let's just go for it. Mm-hmm. This is no, I've filled my meter and I need to use this at the right moment. I've just yeah, cracked yeah. that open and got uh, one of the skull face cards that will refill your uh, your little sort of pips on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and making sure you're filling your tension meter whenever it's not full so that you can crack out the god hand when you need to. Mm. Um, th- that first boss fight was just an absolute lesson in no, you have to think about what you're doing. Mm. 
you can kind of get to the point where you've button mashed and just kind of sort of battered your head against the rest of the game mm. uh, up until that point and just kind of got through it. But mm. uh, at that point, that was my first sticking point where I was like, no, I need to step back and think about how I'm approaching the uh, the fighting. Yeah, yeah. Um, On the subject, Mr. Golden, Mr. Silver, mm. do you think that would have flown in 2015? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure. Like, them being incredibly flamboyant, uh, homosexual stereotypes is one thing. Mm-hmm. The fact that one, <laughs> uh, which one is it? Uh, I think it's Mr. Silver. Um, you can't use the ball buster on him. Yeah, thus right, implying yeah. he has no. Te- and I think yeah. And when you when he's yeah. on the ground, if you you can inspect him, and he's like Gene says something like he must have lost his balls in the war. Yes, I, yeah. And I, I just, I do, oh, yeah. just all of that. It's not very comfortable, is it? <laughs> no, it really isn't. Um, yeah, I mean, the, that, the best uh, part of them is when you when you enter the fight. So they do a little cutscene, and then as the fight starts, like yeah, so like you say, there's like waves of enemies, and they all sort of hop off this stage. But on the stage, the enemies you haven't fought yet are all doing this amazing dance where they're waving their arms yes. left and right. <laughs> um, but yeah, aside from that, bit a uh, bit uncomfortable. Probably yeah. wouldn't have got Very away different. with that. Again, now. another thing that's going to put people off because mm. at, the, at that point of the game, you've seen a bit of this, the humorous side. If if you stop and stand still with Genie, you'll do a bit of a stupid dance as well. Mm-hmm. But there is a point on here you've quite rightly spotted stereotypes and humor because that is very specifically one where you're like, this is it's clearly a stereotype. Yeah, yeah. That, it, it's why are they leaning on that stereotype? That's the question. And when you first mm. encounter those two enemies in the game, at that point, you have no particular reason to understand that it might become part of the overall yeah. aesthetic of the game, that they are leaning on stereotypes, they are playing mm. to stereotypes, they are ridiculing stereotypes, yeah. uh, and, and not poking fun at anyone in particular. But mm. at this point in the game, it feels like they... To me, it felt like they were, absolutely. Yeah, so it comes um, out of nowhere. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I have really mixed feelings about this because we've talked about this kind of stuff in um, in Metal Gear Solid games before. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the yeah, cards yeah. with the women with bikini tops on them strike me as something akin to <laughs> the magazines in Metal Gear Solid 2 that you, yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you, can, you can drop out for enemies to... I mean, to it's kind of like... In terms of yeah, so yeah, like in in God Hand, you find the women, you know, magazines of women in them, and it increases your tension gauge, which you then have to work off by unleashing your right hand. Yeah, um, like that's stupid enough that I'm not going to get upset over it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, um, like that's obviously just like just so dumb um, that it's, yeah. it's difficult to get offended by it. Um, but yeah, like you know, sort of gay stereotypes and stuff is a bit bit less yeah. cool yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it barely gets away with a lot of things it's yeah. not just the gay stereotypes I mean the, the spanking of the female enemy characters yeah. is yeah. really uncomfortable for a sec I was about to say oh yeah but he spanks guys as well but he doesn't does he no it's just, no, no yeah, he just, just spanks women and it's yeah. really yeah you have the um, the stomp and pummel options but with female characters it's, um, it's mm-hmm. yeah spanking which you can unlock the pictures of Olivia as well can't you Doing yeah. various poses on her bed and stuff. Mm. Not great. And, <laughs> and again, when when you see Olivia and there's that kind of uh, Jean and Olivia have this relationship that is is very much akin to say um, Snake and pick a female character from the Metal Gear Solid series. <laughs> um, there is that aspect to it, but Jean is ridiculed as much as oh yeah, uh, uh, and and yeah. not not objectified, but but there is that kind of like. 
uh, leaning on stereotypes and, and playing up to stereotypes aspect of that. But yeah, it's. I think you're right, Sean. It wouldn't fly in 2015 um, yeah. if a game, if this game came out now, questions would be asked as to yeah. why is that in there? What's the point they're trying to make? And unfortunately, mm-hmm. well, not unfortunately, justifiably in many cases, if if you can't say here is why we've done this, here's the point we're trying to make, it's going to be seen as exploitative, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's that's the feeling that comes off. In this, the reason I have mixed feelings about it is because it does feed into an overall feeling of just ludicrousness in, yeah, in the yeah, whole yeah. game. It's part of a pastiche that is supposed to be ridiculous. It's supposed to make you laugh out loud as much out of being uncomfortable as yeah. mm-hmm. just how silly what is going on yeah. is going yeah. on. I, I feel much the same way about Bayonetta in that yeah. because the entirety of that game is so utterly ridiculous, I can let like some of those camera shots uh, slide. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I mean, I think th- this game for me is slightly more problematic because at least the you know the the female character is front and center. She she has the power. She has the agency. Whereas Jean, you know, bending a these minions over his knee and spanking them quite violently is not it's just it's really uncomfortable and mm. i just i don't want to say it ruins the game for me but it's certainly a bit of a like uh, you know a bit of a, a mark on its record like i just mm. i it i can't i can't help but feel uncomfortable every time it happens and to the point where i've like tried uh tried to stop doing it but the combat advantage of doing it was too <laughs> too great that I, I i had to keep doing it um yeah. See, i guess i guess i'm lucky that i played this back in the day where i was like still quite thick and not really <laughs> aware of yeah. these issues and i was able to just find it funny um, I think but, if 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 seventeen uh, year old Joshua Garrity played this, I, mm-hmm. I would have gone through it and had no problem whatsoever. But mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, twenty four year old Joshua Garrity is more enlightened, and like yeah. I can't <laughs> help but just feel like ah, that's not okay. But I mean, it's definitely not. I mean, it doesn't. I keep, I keep, I need to get off this point, but I just, I just, I wanted to establish that I, I don't think it ruins the entire experience, but I could totally see why it would be a problem for people, especially yeah. any female gamers coming to this game, because women just do not get a good, a good representation in this game. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it's, it's a point that, likewise, we've talked about this before. We can't avoid it. We, we don't want to brush it under the carpet at all. We also don't want to labour it, it too much. Mm-hmm. My, my reaction, just as you said, Josh, is similar to Bayonetta, where um, I actually had an interesting uh, Twitter back and forth with um, Cara Ellison and uh, Katie Cox on this point, which oh, yeah. is when you're talking about male gaze and, and the lens through which something is, is viewed, you have to be careful about uh, putting that lens onto a creator or onto... Uh, what what I, my pro, part of my problem with Bayonetta was, uh, it wasn't so much putting the lens onto the creator because you you give them the benefit of the doubt that they're trying to say something about mm-hmm. the the stereotypes and the the exploitation and objectification. But when you try and put the lens onto other players and imagine, well, I can explain this away or or take this as it is, mm-hmm. and uh, and 
and try and think it through and understand it, but is it going to encourage objectification of, of women or, or mistreatment of uh, mm. minority groups or, or whatever the, um, the particular subject is? Trying to put the lens in front of someone else's eyes and, and think about uh, that sort of thing is very difficult because you're hypothesizing and mm. that's not okay to do. What you have to do is think about how uh, it makes you feel and like Bayonetta, this game... I'm okay with that. I can I can put it in the in the context of the whole game. I'd still feel pretty embarrassed if someone walked in and saw me playing it, and I'd think, "How do I explain <laughs> this?" Because out of co- it's about be- it being out of context in the moment, and uh, and I think that's the difference here. So it's yeah, absolutely, Josh, worth saying. If you are going to play this game, uh, have a think about what this sort of content is going to mean to you, and whether it's going to affect you and upset you in in some way, uh, and. Uh, and t- you know, take that, take that on board, take that into account. Mm. We've talked about several games that uh, were influences on on this. Devil May Cry, uh, a, a big one. Uh, Resident Evil Four for similar reasons, similar people working on it. Street Fighter series. Uh, there are a couple of direct references and Easter eggs uh, to, yeah, to yeah. Street Fighter, um, but fighting games in a in a wider sense, I think, are particularly pertinent because of what you mentioned, Sean, the the customizable combo and and combat system. It got to the point where this game did feel like a a fighting game in many respects, and and you can say that about any brawler where you have to read. Uh, in in this case, not a, a real life opponent, but a, a enemy NPC character. You have to read their moves, and you have to anticipate their moves. And sometimes, particularly with uh, some of the faster bosses, you have to anticipate their moves. You 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 can't react quick enough mm. um, to be able to dodge. You have to kind of know what patterns they're going to exhibit and your distance from them, what that's going to mean in terms of the way that they respond and everything. So, in that respect, it really felt to me like uh, you approach God Hand the way you would approach. Uh, a street fighter or a fighting game in terms of learning the combos. And okay, it's one character, but the fact there are so many different moves and so many different types of moves as well, Yeah, um, it meant that it needed a systematic approach. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting in that, um, like, you know, right off the bat, you are, you're given a set of moves that you could finish the game with if you wanted. Mm. Um, but like, you can also just instantly break it if you want like <laughs> like you know you start off with um you know so you got your standard combo and then you've got like the uppercut that lets you juggle opponents and then you've got your guard breaker and then you've got the um uh i think you start with the yeah that uh sort of uh the spinning drop kick thing um and that like that's like a really nicely rounded move set but if you don't know what you're doing you can be like uh what's the guard breaker for get rid of that <laughs> and you know <laughs> and just make the game impossible for yourself without really yeah. realizing why um but then also it, it does um that amazing thing of um you know the definitely we saw with beautiful joe um in that each stage of the game is like teaching you um something new or like a slightly different aspect and it's slowly helping the player grow as you go through the game um like i think the the moment um where it sort of i became really aware that it was doing that was um for the entire game, I was uh, I was always dodging backwards because um, it's just the most obvious way of yeah. um, getting out of the way, um, or sideways if someone was charging at me. But I was never using the duck because it just seemed like, well, why would you do that? 
<laughs> when you can just get out of the way entirely because obviously the, the thing with the duck yeah. is because you're standing in place if you duck you just you've got to time it so well um mm. so that you yeah. duck just as the the you know the fist or whatever swings above you um but then you fight um it's one of the the demons that appear occasionally i think it might be one of the, f- the few sort of forced encounters um where it's the one with the giant trident yeah, yeah. and it swings it horizontally and you can't dodge it um mm. backwards or sideways you have to duck it um so like that fight in and of itself was like this little tutorial where it's like look we know you've probably been ignoring the duck <laughs> all this time now you've got to learn to use it and then you know and then you do that and then you start implementing that into normal fights and gene does that little whistle when you do <laughs> when you <laughs> successfully uh, dodge um yeah just little moments like that where it's like yeah they you know they want me to sort of slowly get my head around every aspect of this and then by you know the final fight with uh, Azel, Azel, I forget how they pronounce it. Um, like it feels like this properly brilliant test of like everything you've learned up to yeah. that point. It's really yeah. smart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what what I took to doing, particularly against against the bosses more than the regular enemies, was not attacking basically for for the longest time. Just yeah, yeah. using my various evades mm-hmm. and working out the patterns, working out the the, the ranges and the distances. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became this game that, uh, as as much about a brawler is about fighting, it became this game that was almost more about evading and and the dodging, yeah. ducking. Um, yeah, yeah. The the great thing about um, about ducking, obviously, is it's very attack specific. So if they attack high, you can duck, and then chances are you'll be able to start a combo yourself. That's Whereas right. Yeah, because the the advantage is obviously you you're maintaining your proximity to the enemy. Whereas if you dodge backwards, you then got to get back in before you can start hitting them again. Whereas, yeah, if you just use the duck, you're already there and you just start. I think we'll uh, we'll come back to story where we're, we've waded into gameplay and it's uh, yeah. it's too enticing to to keep going <laughs> with with that particular discussion. Um, the the basic abilities, uh, so you you the combos you build, not your roulette, roulette special moves. Um, I think I'm right in saying are split into. Uh, the categories of juggles, which obviously lift a character up into the air, uh, launches, which uh, are the when people refer to this game as punching people into space, that's your launch. That's the get away from me <laughs> attack. Um, charges, which uh, are, are attacks that can be charged for mm-hmm. a heavier hit. Uh, guard breaks, heat ups, which I think Yes Man Kablam is the only one that counts as a heat up. It's it's. <laughs> um, one that you can use to, I think, start a combo is, is primarily what that refers to. Mm-hmm. Um, the dizzy and stun ones, which instead of um, instead of knocking your car- uh, the enemy down, it's just a case of it stuns them for a second. Mm-hmm. Again, good for starting uh, combos, which I think Granny Smacker is the only one for that. <laughs> These names, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you've got your evades and you've got your unblo- unblockable uh, attacks, which... Mm-hmm. Um, which enemies won't be able to block. They can evade them, but they won't be able to block them if you make contact. So. Yeah. Um, and of course, the smart thing with your, your block breakers is um, once an enemy starts blocking, I mean, it varies from enemy to enemy, but you can only hit them so many times with normal attacks before they then like get some like a you know a better sort of retaliation so if an enemy brings his guard up and you just keep trying to hit him with normal attacks they'll eventually hit you back with something more powerful whereas um so like yeah as someone starts blocking if you're not paying attention you just keep mashing the attack button instead of going for your guard breaker um you're gonna get beaten up <laughs> yeah, yeah whereas absolutely. yeah and like you know the initial enemies you can hit them sort of maybe three four times while they got their guard up but when you start um facing the the taller guys um, yeah. with like the purple outfits like basically 
yeah, they'll they'll take one hit while they're blocking. But if you hit them a second time while they're blocking, they will retaliate. Um, yeah. So again, yeah. it's that steady sort of escalation of like at first it's like, eh, look, you know, pay attention, but you yeah. probably yeah. you'll probably get away with hitting them a few times. And it's like, no, if they start guarding, make sure you use the the guard break. Yeah, and um, enemies like. I forget which one it is, Felix or Bruce, the one who's got the um, the iron fists basically, and, and oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the kind of bull helmet on. Um, again, with with him, you you need to get in behind his defense. You're not getting through it. He's got giant mm-hmm. bloody iron boxing gloves on. So um, <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. It's very smart about teaching you how to do that. So you've got to to know your enemy types, know if you're fighting a. Uh, a kind of grappler enemy type or uh, you know some of you mentioned the taller sort of skinhead mm. enemies yeah uh, some of them have knives and that kind of thing as well mm-hmm. so you need to know what what you're doing and what you're facing yeah while we're on the enemies one of the things i found so compelling about this game is how lethal all the enemies are i mean at first they're mm. pretty easy to handle but by the time you get to the midpoint in the game these guys are taking a lot of damage if you give them an opening mm-hmm. and that makes you much more strategic in terms of who you prioritize on the battlefield and yeah. who you need to take out first uh, there are these um, women who have whips oh, who oh, yeah. if you leave them in the battlefield too long they're gonna make your life hell <laughs> you, so whenever i saw them it's like right taking them out first if i've got yeah. the god hand fully charged i'm using it on yeah. them because mm-hmm. they are a nightmare to deal with with a huge group of people uh, yeah and just uh grouping certain enemies together so you can launch them and stuff like that mm-hmm. i i i really liked how the lethality of the enemies forced you to fight strategically yeah. uh in mm-hmm. a way that you like other brawlers of this nature may may not do uh, uh, on the hardest difficulty yes uh, in like Bayonetta or Devil May Cry 3 or what have you you do have to do something similar to that but that's only really on the hardest difficulty even on easy mode uh, you have to do <laughs> that in uh, God Hand you have to prioritize targets and, and so forth and so on I think there's um, there's a worthwhile comparison to be drawn to Bloodborne um, yeah, I actually go, you know, going back and playing this a little bit for the show. Um, yeah, in terms of like you say, sort of managing that space, trying to group enemies together, picking your targets. Mm. Um, you know what? Like, I mean, there's no radar in Bloodborne, but in God Hand, yeah, you have got that little uh, mini radar on the corner, and you're always like, you know, making sure that no mm. one's trying to get trying to get the jump on you from behind, and you're always kind of dodging around to make sure everyone's in front of you, and you can always see what's going on. Um, yeah, reminded me a lot of Bloodborne. Um, I don't know if that's yeah. I mean I suppose all the Souls games if that's how you choose to play them but obviously in the other Souls games you, yeah. you're able to block um, whereas in God Hand and Bloodborne it's all about evasion so you just you have to have this awareness at all times I think yeah yeah definitely I think the um, is it stage 2 the one with all the bonfires and fireworks going off yeah um, that one really taught me that because just when you think you've got the upper hand, they will throw a demon at you and suddenly, mm. you know, those two enemies that you're coping really well with become three enemies that you really can't cope with at all. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and so you really need to know your know where your enemies are. And the other thing I love about it is, uh, both of you mentioned grouping enemies together. Mm-hmm. The uh, melee weapons are great for teaching you to do that because yeah. they're going to break in four or five hits. If you've grouped enemies together, you can hit them at the same time or if mm-hmm. you've got a barrel or a box, you can throw um, I love the fact that you don't 
I think I only ever did it like once, but the one time I managed to grab rocket launcher, fire rocket, and then throw the launcher after it. And it was just, <laughs> yes, yeah. that, that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> Everything's a weapon. You got to use it. And, yeah. uh, and you can knock down a group of enemies to half health, like three, four, five enemies at once to half health with a well-placed red barrel, uh, in, into the midst of them, which is, uh, mm. and you've got to be, uh, yeah, economic with that stuff as well as the, uh, the sort of, uh, power up pickups. The, um, the health and stuff so it's brilliant how it, it manages this contradiction in that like the best thing about it is the fighting obviously mm-hmm. and yet there's an equal satisfaction in getting away with not having to fight people like you say when yeah. you know you manage like a really skillful use of an item or mm-hmm. uh, you know one of your abilities or whatever you sort of yeah like as much like as much as you enjoy the fact of the fighting you're still congratulating yourself on your efficiency and you know essentially cheating your way um <laughs> through certain bits um like the fact that it manages that without ever feeling cheap or like you've you've you know uh ruined it for yourself um it's pretty remarkable i think much like souls though because the combat is so intense mm-hmm. and so difficult um i, I think you don't feel bad about using those cheats. Like you do it all the time in Bloodborne and Dark Souls where you find those little like uh, tactics that fool enemies into these uh, silly routines. And it's the same with, it's same with this game where Mm. because just go charging in and fighting a whole group properly is so difficult. You're just relieved when you see a red barrel in the corner that, Oh God, that's going to make my life so much easier. (laughs) And uh, actually, much like Souls games, I was watching a, a speed run where the game was completed in uh, in-game time, I think fifty-six minutes or something. Wow. Uh, and and again, just just like those games, one of the big secrets which I never realised I could do, I don't know why, running past the enemies and just running to the exits where you don't have to defeat enemies to get keys or something like that. Often, actually, you can just go to the exit and um, and and just proceed, just run past the enemies. Which is something that the game never tells you. I guess if you if you happen to be next to a door when there are still enemies, you might have realised that. But I don't think I ever did. Mm. Um, another tactic I saw was um, so the the great thing is wherever there's a ladder in the game, I love the fact that you just <laughs> run up there. You think I found yeah. the ladder. Press a button and he just leaps up. Just, jump- <laughs> <laughs> just just like power jumps. It's like he's been on the thigh master too long. Just just pounces up there. Um, mm-hmm. But you can actually get enemies just to you can get them to hop up there and then use a launcher attack just to knock them off the edge, mm-hmm. um, or gathering enemies at a cliff edge and doing the same if you can kind of get them to the point where you can use a launcher attack and just throw them off the cliff edge um, either to their deaths or at least away from you for a while. Mm. Um, so yeah, you can funnel enemies and kind of deal with them in in different ways, uh, which feel like they're kind of game breaking ways, but it, it's in the game. It's fair as far as uh, <laughs> game like this is concerned. Um, so the other thing we've mentioned, uh, roulette special moves, which I think I'm right in saying, correct me if I'm wrong, you get, so you can pick up cards from some enemies, you can pick up cards from saving uh, some civilians in yeah. particular situations, uh, you yeah. find some in chests and, and you can buy uh, uh, some others. Um, and it gives you what I think is a random selection of those moves that you happen to have. Actually, um, it, it gives you the entire... All of the selection, uh, all of the roulette moves that you've equipped, right? But um, always in a random order, uh, that so you can no, never you, find yeah. some of the ones. Yeah, <laughs> so you can never anticipate exactly where it's going to be on the wheel and pick. Mm-hmm. You know, s- sometimes you're able to pick the move that you specifically want, but it's always a bit of a, a dicey situation because you yeah, haven't yeah. got long to pick. Mm-hmm. 
And again, part of that is so you, yeah, you've got uh, when you when you initiate one of those moves, you've got a timer counting down. It's a visible timer on the screen. That's yeah. how long you've got before you have just wasted your time and left yourself open <laughs> for an attack. Yeah. Um, so what it means is not only do you have to select your moves carefully, what you want on there, but you've got to know what class each move is because you might not be able to find Dragon Punch, so you need to find another move that does pretty much the same thing yeah. or something similar. Uh, so you've got to know yeah, the, yeah. the classes that they fall into and, and how to use them. Um, and if you've worn down an enemy to the point where you'll be able to hit them for fairly large damage, you've got to know what moves are going to do that um, because... Uh, even on the the hardest difficulty, which I haven't tried, I've seen some videos of, um, you can take off a third of a boss's health bar with a well-placed, well-timed uh, oh, special yeah, yeah. attack like that. And that is so satisfying when you've been punching them and punching them and punching them, trying to whittle <laughs> down this health bar and then finally realize that you can you can knock them for six. It's uh, really satisfying to do that. Um, but it feels like such a risk. It really does. It feels like, ah, the timer's running out and suddenly you've got to do it. But... Again, it's that kind of risk reward. It feels like such a risk, and that means that when it when it comes off, you know, when it it goes right, it feels like such a uh, such a reward. It's not necessarily uh, all you, but it feels like you you've learned, you've won it, you achieved that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, any particular favourites amongst the roulette special moves? Were there any that you had on there all the time, and that was your go-to if you saw it? That was what you were using. The um, what's the baseball one? I think is it just is yeah. it just called home run or something? Well, I forget. It must be home run. That was that was what home I thought. Run, about. Home run god. That's what oh, it right. is. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, it's incredible, obviously, because it just definitely knocks one enemy completely into the stratosphere, um, and it's just funny, like the you know the applause when you do it and stuff, and he, the way he, like holds yeah. his hand sort of above his you know on his brow, like like he's looking off into the distance. Yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's beautifully done. Yeah. Uh, ball buster, obviously, for comedy value. Although it's probably. In gameplay terms, probably not actually the smartest move. Um, but yeah, it's a good laugh. I, I really like the one-inch punch, just oh, yeah. because it felt really satisfying to yeah. take out a group of people with just this small move. Um, uh, yeah, and a um, hundred fists was really great as oh, well, yeah, yeah, because yeah. if you could get a whole group of enemies together with that attack, mm-hmm. it, it's it's similar to the baseball bat one, mm-hmm. except um, often with the uh, home run god, you you can only really land it on one person. That's right. But with yeah. this, but with the one hundred fists, you could get a whole group of people together and launch mm-hmm. them all into space, which is really <laughs> satisfying. <laughs> So the other thing that's really satisfying, we've mentioned, uh, we've mentioned it a couple of times. The tension gauge mm-hmm. it builds up yeah. as you get hits on people. When it's full, you can bust out God Hand, which um, causes Gene to kind of rear back and his arm kind of explodes. And for that time, you uh, your speed is massively increased. Um, I don't. I think you take very little damage, or even. I can't remember if it's no. I don't think it's no damage, but you take very little damage, uh, and you, and you can deal an awful lot of damage very very quickly. Yeah. Um, but it becomes about choosing your moments because you know yeah. if you wait until a boss fight to try and build your meter, it's not always going to be possible because you mm-hmm. can't string a lot of hits together uh, to be able to build it. So you want to pick your moments, and uh, there'll be particular enemies like uh, you mentioned, Josh, the uh, the enemies with whips. Yeah. If you need to get rid of an enemy quickly, that's a great option. If you want to get out of trouble, that can help, but you need to be careful. But uh, almost always, I tried to save that for uh, bosses, um, just because 
it gave you an almost uninterrupted series of attacks that you knew could eat away at the boss's health mm. um, and, and kind of give you the upper hand. It's also funny how um, so when you yeah when you use it um, you might stun an enemy um, as you're attacking them, but you've got to sort of hold off the temptation to uh, then do one of the stun moves on them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. They, they, you might be like flashing up, like, "Look, here's a quick time event," but you've got to just keep hitting them because if you go into the the stun move, whether it's a spanking or a, you know one of the stomps or whatever, mm. um, you're then wasting some of your time. Yes. Um, yeah. With the yeah. Uh, yeah, the god hand unleashed. Um, so you have to sort of wait until you use that, yeah. which is always weird. And it's like you say, it's just that, like even though it's kind of a get out of jail free card, you still got to be careful about when you you know when you choose to use it. Um, like it's very easy to waste it if you're not paying attention. Yeah, I, I also loved the fact that. Um, so we'll get back to story, but um, Azel, who we've mentioned before, is the other human who has a a god hand. Yes. Uh, and when you fight him, he's ludicrously quick. But if you try and use your god hand when he does, he dodges every single attack. So with <laughs> yeah. him, it's really really important <laughs> to make sure that you know. Basically, when he's bust out his god hand, I just ran. I just started watching him yeah. on the radar and just mm-hmm. ran. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you want to get him to the point where once you bust out your god hand, you know you're going to get get him. So you you absolutely need to pick your moment with that. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And and again, like many of the games we've mentioned, one of the best fights in the game, one of the most difficult fights in the game against someone who essentially has your move set and is using your roulette moves as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so again, you want to, you know, uh, basically fighting. It, it's the mirror battle in in many ways. Yeah. You know that kind of yeah. uh, trope from many other video games. But it's uh, it's just exhilarating. I, yeah. I thought I really did. Reminds me of well, no, playing uh, Bayonetta two, where you have the fights with um, the Lumen Sage, and in the first Bayonetta, when you when you're fighting John as well, it's yeah, mm. it's that sort of that recurring battle with your, your nemesis yeah, who's, yeah. who is equal to you. Um, and it yeah. is all like, and it is just this bit where the game sort of goes, right, show me what you've learned. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think the, the Arzol fights are definitely like pretty much where that started, I think. Yeah. I, I think it's still one of the best examples of this trope. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just because of the combat system. The, 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 because the combat system has so much depth and uh, depth and uh, so much uh, flexibility, um, it makes these fights feel. Um, I, I I don't know. Uh, just a, a little bit more like a fighting game, like James has already uh, brought up. Like mm-hmm. it feels like you're fighting a human opponent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whenever you face this guy, um, I, I mean, I I think the Lumen Sage fights in Bayonetta two come really close to that. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of just the quality and and the AI of the opponent being uh, mm-hmm. just smart enough to trick you into thinking, hey, is this a real person? Um, but yeah, I just uh, every encounter with this guy is mm-hmm. exhilarating, mm-hmm. but also incredibly hard. Just really hard. <laughs> yeah. The the last fight with this guy, um, I ruined my hands. Just have, having to try and uh, dodge all of his attacks, yeah. and uh, like at this at this point in the game, you really have to have mastered that dodge, otherwise you're dead. Um, and yeah, just managing your uh, your god hand and all of that stuff. It's it's brilliant. It's I, I mean, I it's the best kind of difficult though, because all the way through the fight, you're thinking, "I've got this guy. I've got this guy's number. <laughs> I've just got to execute on it." And um, yeah, every encounter with this guy is brilliant. 
for me, uh, sort of completely overshadowed the actual final boss. Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah. the, the final boss is okay, but it doesn't feel like this pure test of um, every, yeah. know, all the skills you've built yeah. up. Like, it, it's an interesting fight still, but it's not... Yeah, the, you're, like, you're totally not yeah. on the same level as your opponent. It felt more like... To, to me, the final boss uh, felt more like a God of War boss in yeah. that it's a, it's a big, bad monster. And it's an entertaining fight, mm-hmm. but it's... It's easy to anticipate his attacks, and yeah. uh, all of you know, all of them are kind of like big sweeps, so you can just dodge out the way, and all of that stuff. And when you compare that to Azel, who feels so alive and feels mm-hmm. like a human opponent, mm-hmm. it just it's it's just a weird choice to end on that note. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it, in many ways the game might have benefited from you know swip, swap, uh, swapping these two around and having Azel be the final encounter. I know that makes yeah. no sense uh, in terms <laughs> of the narrative. But the narrative doesn't really make sense no. anyway. So just <laughs> just swap them around. The way the way I saw that um and and the fact that your your uh, gauges got refilled uh before that final fight after mm-hmm. you'd beaten Azo was that was the payoff that was i've got two god hands yeah. i've got full meters now this is just it's a payoff it's it's just a have fun with this yeah. fight because yeah it's just meant to be like you, the fun sort of downhill basically. slope at the end where you're yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of. um it was this wasn't of course the first game of this type to do this sort of uh this sort of uh battle between your, yourself and a character just like you we've mentioned there's mm-hmm. a reason that it's known as a, a mirror fight or a mirror, mirror battle yeah um but uh since this game uh asura's wrath metal gear rising revengeance um dmc as well al- although arguably that didn't get it from this it got it from devil may cry but they've they've all had similar um Similar battles with characters that are are like you or equivalently mm-hmm. powered to you, yeah. um, and in in all of those cases, certainly for me, those were some of the best fights in in those games, where the fights where you're fighting against someone your size with your skill set or something similar, um, and and they also tend to be with a, a personal grudge and a personal uh, emotional backstory to to why you're fighting that that particular person mm-hmm. um and and this right up there with with all of those in in that particular aspect of of, uh, of having this type of fight mm. um speaking of difficulty the difficulty modes um sean i don't know if you remember but when i started playing this game i think i tweeted directly at you i might just have tweeted in general and you yeah. responded it seems awfully difficult on normal. Should I be playing this on easy? <laughs> no. <laughs> your, your response was one word tweet, no. <laughs> and then I, I seem to remember you also sent one saying, you know, no, easy's pointless, normal's what you play on. Yeah. Uh, but your your initial tweet was just no. <laughs> and uh, and I, I've got to say thank you for doing that. I, I am sure this game is good on easy, but that's I, I'm so glad I stuck at it. And like you, Josh, it took a long time of battering my head and just learning how to play the game enough to survive before yeah. I could I could actually feel remotely competent of the game. Um, I mean, the, the I think the main difference playing it on easy is that it removes the leveling system. Um, and the yeah. leveling system is fascinating. So, it's, yeah, it's a huge shame, I think, if, uh, so, if yeah, people play uh, it on easy. The, the, I mean, the, you know, rather they people played it on easy than not at all, I guess. But um, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I I started a uh, game on easy just because uh, I was struggling with the norm, the normal run of my game, mm. and, mm. and I I wanted to just get through it. But like, mm. I just you could feel the lack of uh, 
just the significant decrease in depth to the yeah. combat and the scenarios and um i i ended up going back to the normal normal save yeah, just yeah. because even though it was brutal i was just having a lot more fun yeah because it we've not talked about the leveling system have we um no, no. it's amazing so when you <laughs> when you first start playing the game you'll be you'll be beating people up and you'll be doing like you know once you start doing quite well and it'll come up like level up and there'll be a little bit of applause and you see in the bottom it's gone to level two instead of level one um and obviously, you know, typical video game wisdom, you assume that's made you more powerful. Um, <laughs> whereas, in fact, it's the opposite. It starts, um, the better you do, it starts improving the enemies. It's like, you know, it's like it's automatically scaling the game according to how well you're doing. And similarly, if you start getting your ass kicked, um, it goes down again. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really interesting is that, you know, it doesn't just make the enemies hit harder or or whatever, or, you know, um, or, you know, more difficult to take them down it affects their ai and the way they behave um so when you're on level one and um, basically you know you can be fighting one person and pretty much everyone else will just kind of stand around and leave you alone um whereas once you get to level two like everyone will start coming for you and then level three they you know same again but they're sort of just quicker in general um and then after level three you go to level die um, <laughs> which i think i've already managed like once and it did not last long um so uh, the the difficulty selector at the beginning if you pick easy you only have access to levels one and two throughout the game so Uh, it's never going to get that difficult you can level up but it's never going to get that difficult and i believe these are levels one two are the same as they don't change anything else about the game they just cap it at level two i believe i might be wrong um see that's not too bad but so it gives you access to to the game it just doesn't allow it to get to get too difficult yeah yeah um normal has levels one two three and die and after mm-hmm. you've beaten the game on normal uh hard mode is all level die it never drops below that <laughs> um it's never gonna happen it's not no, yeah yeah i've spoken to to, to people on on twitter woodfella 15 for one of them who uh plays this game that's how he plays this game i do not have the ability to play this game like that. I, it's <laughs> yeah. not even on the cards yeah. um if I got above level two, it was a rare and beautiful thing, and <laughs> I'm not sure I ticked over into level die at all through my playthrough. I don't, mm-hmm. I can't remember. I don't think so. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think I would have noticed. Um, the other fascinating thing about it: so if you taunt, get a lot of attacks in, use a lot of guard breaks, they 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 help you level up quicker. Mm-hmm. You'll increase the level as you say. You get a nice cheer. If you get hit quite a lot, you'll your level will drop, and you get some some boost basically. Uh, think of it like Guitar Hero a bit um, but if you find yourself at too high a level and it's getting difficult you have a grovel move so unlike <laughs> a taunt which is to incite enemies uh, and can actually be used to kind of pull enemies away from a group if mm-hmm. you're taunting and one of them sees you they'll come over which is which is really cool which is uh, Gene slapping his bicep which is just a funny <laughs> move. But groveling, literally, he will prostrate himself. He'll get down on the ground and he'll start pr- like begging, basically. Um, and uh, enemies will start laughing at you. You use up one of your orbs, which allow you to use your um, your roulette moves, and it will it will drop you right back down to level one. Uh, I believe it's drop right back down to level one rather than I think it is. Yeah, level. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's all the way back down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a it's a get out. It's mm-hmm. other games have tried it. Um, Ninja Gaiden, uh, for example, tried kind of ridiculing players for uh, for wanting to play it the easy way. But uh, it's there as an option, and it, in in this case, it 
it doesn't feel so much like poking fun at the player for doing it because you've made the choice. Mm-hmm. It's not criticizing you for the way you're playing. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you've made the choice to accept that. Uh, but it's just another lovely example of how, although Gene's the whore, the, I'll try that again. Gene's <laughs> the hero of this story. Um, it's not afraid to just ridicule him uh, mercilessly, uh, yeah. even if it's something you've you've uh, incited. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a nice little touch, uh, and I love that it's got that that sense of humor about about it. Yeah, uh, I I play through normal, and as I said, uh, hard is just it's beyond me. It's got I think. In normal, it's got a nice ramping up. Uh, the Elvis fights are pretty telling in terms of uh, each one's progressively more difficult. He gets different moves or ad- additional moves, etc. The Azel mm. fights as well yeah. um, to show you how you're progressing. Um, and then if you finish and dip back into a game on normal at the beginning again, it feels like a, a new lease of life where you're much more in control of what's going on. You're also more able to get up higher through the levels more quickly, of course, because you're yeah, more yeah, successful. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's it's a really nice uh, subversion, as you say, Sean, just to to make the game more difficult for you, uh, and and it doesn't feel like it's punishing you for that. It feels like it's demanding more of you, but it's it's yeah yeah not in a in a cuddly, encouraging way, but it's trying to make you better by by yeah. making the, the game more difficult, which is uh, which is really nice. It's nice to have a game like because there are other games well, I can't think of any right now. Um, <laughs> there are games that claim to have like an adaptive. Um, you know, difficulty thing. Like if the player's struggling, they'll they'll start making it easier on you. But you're always like, you're never really sure when it's yeah, doing that yeah. or not. <laughs> Whereas here, like, I mean, aside from it being explicit with the, you know, when it tells you when you've leveled up or down, um, yeah. like it is really noticeable um, in the way the enemies behave and stuff. So it, yeah. it's cool yeah. to see a system like that that actually feels like it works. Like it's a far cry from, um, you know, God of War, um, where if like if you die a lot, it'll just be like, do you want to go down too easy? And you're like, no, there's I don't. nothing. Yeah, that is such a slap in the face. I, yeah, I yeah. get irate whenever I see that. It's like, Especially when, like, usually on God, like, the only time I've seen that screen on God of War is when it's like an annoying platformy bit. Yeah. And it's like, well, that mm. won't even make any difference. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Whereas on this, it, yeah, it's just because it's this constant, you know, sort of slight massaging of, uh, of the difficulty. It never feels like this, like, sitting you down and being like, come on, like, you know, you find this really hard. Do you want to yeah. just yeah. make it easier on yourself? Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it, it pulls it off a lot better than other games have, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I really like that about the game. Mm. Um, so that story we mentioned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the reason this could be seen as post-apocalyptic, I think we'll probably just blitz through this and talk about the story and what we thought of it. Demon King Angra was uh, taking over the world and so uh, a cult of people were... But basically, the, the god hands are, are powerful arms. It, it's that ridiculous. They were used to defeat Angra and send him down into into the nether world, uh, nether realm. Um, and then a cult of people were entrusted with the god hands, and it was their job to make sure that those god hands did not uh, were not used to uh, ill ends. They were supposed to keep the balance, so mm-hmm. uh, someone could to have a god hand, and they would choose whether they used it in the service of demons or in the service of. Um, good gods i guess you learn as you go through it's actually really nicely done you you don't see how gene got his god hand until a bit later on you realize mm. that one of the sets of bosses the three uh three bosses together um actually have this backstory where they had had captured olivia and were going to chop her arm off mm. you don't necessarily understand why at the beginning of that cutscene. Mm. um 
and and Jean rescues her and they then chop his arm off. So in order mm. to save him, Olivia grants him the god hand. It's actually quite um like you know you're saying that they're not afraid to sort of poke fun at Jean. That whole yeah, yeah. bit is actually kind of humiliating and a bit upsetting, really, oh, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, d- yeah um, definitely is. Yeah. He he steps in, in in the kind of hero coming in to to save the day and, and mm. it, it's it's damsel in distress type situation, but nonetheless yeah. At that point, Gene's the character you're playing as. You want mm-hmm. to see him do the right thing and be mm. the good guy, as it were. Sure. And he walks straight into this fight and, and his next thing, you know, on his knees being laughed at by three psychopaths, but who who just cut his arm off without even thinking about it. Um, it turns out they are looking for the god hand. They are trying to, to get hold of it. Uh, and Olivia is a member of this cult who is protecting it. And so she grants Gene the god hand, him having proved himself worthy of it. And he proceeds to try and he and her, it's not quite clear where they're going or why they're doing it, but she's trying to encourage him (laughs) to be a decent human being. And he's kind of laughing about it is basically the thrust of the story. Uh, All the meanwhile, you're shown, uh, they're called the four divas. Although D-E-V-A-S, I'm not sure why it's spelled like that, but the four divas um, who are uh, Belzy, who is, is the leader who's trying to bring, Demon King Angra. I feel ridiculous even trying to explain this. It's <laughs> I was so just going to say uh, D E V A. Um, it's a Buddhist thing. Ah, okay. Um, it's go. like yeah. a it's like a divine creature, basically. Makes perfect sense. Well, I presume the yeah. the implication is they're all fallen. Um, yes, and in, in this bad, case, but, yeah. uh, Bells or Belzy, uh, Shannon and Elvis mm-hmm. uh, all seem to be channeling demons in some respect whether they were originally human and they're now channeling demons or are demons who've taken human form um mm-hmm. they are aiming to try and b- bring angra back mm-hmm. basically and and uh bring uh angra's rule back to the world uh, and azel is the the fourth who has the other god hand and was a member of this cult who was supposed to protect the god hands but took charge of it and decided to use it in service of the demons um which is where a bit of that kind of personal uh, relationship between him and, and Gene comes in. That's basically the story. It's it's really straightforward, but all the while I'm saying it, it sounds ridiculous, but kind of run of the mill. Also, I think the ridiculousness just comes from the way it's delivered and mm. and the the dialogue and the humor around that and everything. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that's the thrust of the story, and so it sets up. Um, a frankly ludicrous number of bosses. I think when <laughs> yeah. I thought back in it, I thought, okay, there's eight stages and there's a mid-stage boss and an end-stage boss, but it's actually not that straightforward at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I admit, um, looking at the the plan, I was like, oh, yeah, of course, we'll have a bit where we talk about the bosses. And then I looked at the list and I was like, man, there's yeah. no way we're talking about all of these. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we can feel free to talk about some of the... Uh, we've talked about Bruce Felix and Conchita, who are the mm-hmm. three who, who uh, maimed Gene in the first place. Um, they are three different enemy types, which is why it's quite cool when you first fight them. Uh, the the previous boss fight with two enemies, they were the, they were essentially the same. They were slightly different, but uh, Mister Silver, Mister Gold were the same enemy type, as it were. Yeah. Uh, this this time round, you fight them first time. There's you fight them one at a, a time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they, sure I think right. you they yeah they appear one at a time, but if you take too long too fighting long, one of them, then time, another yeah. one will yeah. appear, which is bad news. <laughs> yeah, and, and they are three different enemy types, so it kind of yeah. means you've got to be able to handle all enemy types at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Mad Midget Five, um, ag- again, um, <laughs> yeah. not afraid to just call them midgets <laughs> and to dress them in Power Ranger outfits. Yeah. Um, Can I still laugh at the bit, you know, when they introduce themselves? Yeah. 
I mean, that's kind of funny. And when they, <laughs> when they when they go, we're the Mad Midget Five, and they lie on their backs and flick their legs in the air, making a V shape, and it does like, <laughs> that whole flashy effect. <laughs> that's kind of amazing. Um, I'll be honest. They are. But, uh, yeah. I'd say they are the most ridiculous boss, but then you've got a gorilla in a luchador mask. (laughs) Literally, the start of one of the stages, you just walk out in this (laughs) carnival-type setting, and there is a gorilla wearing a luchador mask who has a lot of different wrestling moves. It's Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a lot of these bosses you're fighting multiple times. Um, The second time you fight Bruce Felix and Conchita, for example, you're fighting two at a time. Um, Mm -hmm. So you've you've kind of learned the first time, now you've got to incorporate that. Yeah. yeah, there are just some absolutely uh, mad bosses uh, amongst this list. Yeah. Um, and uh, it must be easily 20 to 30 boss fights throughout the game, I think. Yeah, Certainly yeah. 20. I didn't count them. It didn't. I, I, I had <laughs> what I thought was the order you fight them in, but mm. I'm not 100% sure of that either because I was kind of piecing it together from memory and with a, a, a walkthrough. Yeah, um, yeah. It being a couple of years since I faced them. But it feels, it comes to feel like something of a boss rush if you look at it that way uh although mm. the, as you said Josh the the regular enemies never feel like they're cannon fodder it never feels you know dynasty warriors esque or anything like that where mm. yeah. you're kind of just plowing through them they all feel like a challenge but um the the boss fights are generally distinct from the regular enemy fights quite significantly and they feel you know uh plentiful throughout the game mm. it's interesting how it um like it repeats bosses, um, mm. but always in a meaningfully different way. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Like Elvis yeah. appears three times. Yes, um, yeah. I know the the final time he does his proper demon form, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, yeah, there's you know, all the like the the divas all um, do that. Um, but yeah, like you, you don't mind it repeating the bosses at all. It always feels like a meaningful build up, and it's you know they're different every time. Um, so it's cool. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Even even Azel second time around, I think has a different set of roulette yeah. attacks. So just when you think doesn't he, you know doesn't what's he gain in, like the ones you gain as you go? I think he just, it adds the ones that you've gained in the, oh, well, the time between. Oh, that would be really interesting if it dynamically gave him yeah. the ones that you you picked sure. and bought. Yeah, cool. Or I think or it, may, it might I'm, just I'm, add ones that you could have got in that time. Maybe, maybe yeah. So you don't get you late, actually. He doesn't have the late game ones until later in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, any particular bosses that that stand out for for you guys, either because they were particularly good fights or or something about the uh, them or the way they were portrayed? I seem to remember Doctor Ion being a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Other than that, uh, can't really remember much about him. I just remember him doing. So my yeah, Doctor Ion kind of breaks apart and shape shifts throughout the fight. That's um, right. Yeah. At one point, he's a giant ball that attacks mm-hmm. you, and uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. It, it kind of a bizarre fight because uh, well. I say that. I say that because I think, oh, that's a bit different from all the other fights. They're all different in in their own way, as as we've already mentioned. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, at one point you're fighting a a, a rock band. Um, yes, guitarists. <laughs> it's just, yeah. The, the more I think about it, the more ludicrous it uh, it gets. Uh, Josh, any any for you that, that stand out? Um, the the great sensei was a oh, boss yeah. fight yeah. that I was stuck on for quite a while. Mm. Um, he, he he creates copies of himself. Sorry, it's been a while since I've actually fought this uh, particular <laughs> boss. But um, does does he create copies of himself and 
that you have to deal with that and and all of that stuff. And also, he's just he's one of the few bosses who kind of feels like uh, Azel, uh, kind of a similar kind of man on man fight, and uh, you know, really having to master dodging and and all of that stuff. But mm. another fight I want to mention, just because once I realized how how to. Uh, defeat the boss it was surprisingly easy was uh uh bell z is it how that is that how you pronounce yeah, it yeah, the, I think so, yeah. uh, the fly boss who yeah. i really struggled with for a, mm. a while but then i realized all you have to do is get up really really close yeah. to him and then just dodge his because his <laughs> eyes glow just before he yeah. attacks yeah, yeah and if you time your dodges really well you can just batter him to pieces and he's <laughs> nothing which is a bit disappointing when this guy was built up as one of the big four you know you were expecting this epic yeah. uh, uh encounter and then it's just a, a giant fly that can you know barely defend itself yeah. um one, th- one of the few weak bosses in this game i think I, th- I think in in both phases when he starts on the ground and then when he's airborne um, yeah if you stay close there's only one attack that can hit you um yeah. and and once you've learned that I, th- I think uh one of them you have to duck and one of them you have to dodge i can't quite remember yeah um, but yeah it becomes uh m- much more straightforward i think yeah uh, w- when when you mentioned you were having trouble i was just like I can't remember how I did that, but uh, hopped on YouTube and had a look and thought, oh, no, that's, yeah, that's what I did. Don't get me wrong, it took me a long time to work out that that was the case, but yeah, yeah. I, th- I think um, having a philosophy of don't worry about hitting the bosses, worry about dodging their attacks first and learn how to do that. Um, a- again, a bit like you would a a Souls game or or indeed something like Bayonetta. There's lots to be said for that, although... If you take too long in that game, it will reduce the score you're going to get. But um, but dodging the attacks is kind of the the primary, uh, almost your your primary offense is, is defense in kind of a, a weird perversion of the of the thing. Mm. So it's worth saying that some of the bosses, as as we've mentioned, uh, I, I guess not very PC would be the the best way to put it, or or <laughs> yeah, a, a bit they have something about them that is there for shock value, and and mm. that that's true, but. A lot of memorable bosses in the game, a lot of uh, good fights to be had, and ultimately, as we mentioned with the uh, with the mechanics, this game comes down to mechanics because I said I hadn't really put anything about graphics in in the uh, in the show notes, and the reason for that is that I was shocked when I saw this game. I've got to say, <laughs> the the not not the, the the aesthetic they were going for, the old west aesthetic, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, was was a poor choice. A lot of it feels like it's one of those situations where you see a game and you think, oh, that looks an awful lot more like, say, Goldeneye than I expected it to. And it doesn't. You go back and watch Goldeneye and it doesn't look like you remember <laughs> it. But it's that blocky type yeah. of graphic and, and the geometry and everything is not really there to be appealing. It's there yeah. to function and split mm-hmm. groups of enemies up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the amount of clipping through walls yeah. and <laughs> everything, um, it's, it's clearly not a focus for the game animations uh for gene and for for the enemies they have a lot about them that makes me smile but i'm not entirely sure again that they were you know his running uh animation it is ludicrous it looks ridiculous it looks like (laughs) one of those films uh you know where they tried to show someone with superhuman speed running where Mm. they just sped them up and it doesn't look biomechanically correct that's exactly what's going on here it just it's to me it seems like it wasn't a focus when they were making this game a lot of that kind of stuff the yeah. what would probably now be called polish um mm-hmm. kind of yeah. tidying that stuff up they just put 
a, a fighting system that was, you know, certainly for the time, uh, even when I played it, I would say almost, you know, right up there, second to none, that those sort of uh, those sort of terms, mm. uh, and kind of whether it was a, a good thing to do or a bad thing to do, let the let the rest just kind of uh, sink into the into the background in some ways. I think the environments suffer much more uh, mm. from what you're talking about than the character models, because sure, I yeah. think the yeah, character true. models are pretty much on par with what we'd expect from the PS2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, just um, just to bring my own thoughts on, mm-hmm. um, on what you're talking about, I, I have to say I'm not a huge fan of the art direction in this game. Mm-hmm. I think the c- character models look good enough, but there's there are just elements of their design that feel a bit... Um, too much, like they're a bit over-designed. I yeah. think um, Gene is a, a bit too... There's too much going on with his look. Like his <laughs> his arm is crazy, his clothes are a bit crazy, his hairstyle's all insane and stuff like that. It, the, there's not a consistent kind of like if you look at dante for example Mm, in devil may cry 3 that's a strong silhouette he's a rubbish character like he's (laughs) awful but like (laughs) as a character design as a like as as a piece of art direction that stands out and you go yes that's dante i like playing as this character he looks cool whereas gene i never got that (laughs) he just always looks a bit awkward and looks a bit weird yeah it's like without without looking now describe his coat yeah <laughs> do you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like i yeah. know there are details on it but i couldn't tell you what they are without checking well yeah the best way i could describe him is so when the game came out uh which wasn't when i played it uh, but when the game came out the best way i could have described him was a mishmash of dante and uh chris from resident evil 4 it is chris isn't it why okay, I, I thought you were that? going to mention Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star, because that seems sure, to be a, yeah, a common... Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's fair. So kind of a mishmash of that. Now, looking back at it, Nero from DMC4 yeah. is k- kind of a better version of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I hate that, because that character, there's problems with that as well. But, uh, uh, again, he, he has a very powerful arm. He has a blue coat, a bit like Dante's. Yeah. Has the blonde hair, same as as Gene kind of does, although mm-hmm. not not quite the same shade. But mm-hmm. they were kind of going for a a take on Dante that I mean, it didn't fit him with the old West or anything. But um, <laughs> his coat is a sleeveless version of Dante's coat, but it's got blues and browns rather than red. And yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I can kind of see what they were going for, but yeah, it, it yeah. struck me that Nero is perhaps. So, not a similar uh, idea, but but did something similar in a way that was maybe a bit more striking. I, I, I'm just I'm kind of surprised that I felt so negatively about the art direction as mm. I ended up being, because if you look at you know look at this team's past work, you've got Resident Evil Four, which you know on a technical level may have aged a bit now, but like on an art direction standpoint is yeah. phenomenal. Mm. Um, and obviously Okami is just one of the best looking games of all time. Mm-hmm. So I I'd be curious. Mm. Unfortunately, because just the the way with Japanese development, it's kind of hard to find out who did what. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to see who had art duties on this game because yeah. uh, it, it's it's a bit disappointing when you consider this team's past work. Yeah, it's weird. Like, uh, if you look at Clover's output, it's like there's this scale with Akami at one end, uh, God Hand at the other, and Beautiful Joe somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and that, yeah. you know, Akami looks incredible, 
Um, like the combat system's pretty fun, but it's you don't really have to engage with it. It's quite an easy game. Um, mm. God Hand looks like crap, um, but it's one of the most meticulously <laughs> designed and difficult games ever. Yeah. And Beautiful Joe is in the middle, and that it's got this really interesting art style, and is a really cool action game as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, you can't help but wonder if there was um, like if if the guys at Clover um, knew that maybe they were getting you know absorbed back into Capcom, and they were like, yeah. "Look, this is going to be our last game. Let's just be done with it." Let's just let's just make something yeah. that we want to see and it isn't going to exist otherwise. Um, and let's not worry about production values. Let's just make it as smooth and you know sharp as possible. Smooth and sharp is that that doesn't really work, does it? You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the, I think there was just no interest in making something that would sell. I don't think. I think they already knew um, their number was up. If you'd thrown in tight onto the end of smooth and sharp, you'd have had the, the <laughs> triumvirate there. I think. But no, I know exactly what you mean. And uh, yeah, it, it it does seem like a game that was designed to play well and everything else mm-hmm. will, you know, that, that's kind of extra, but not the core of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, speaking of disappointing, um, <laughs> that's a bad segue. And I've mentioned the segue and it's all going wrong. Um, <laughs> So, the release of this game, as I mentioned, sales were kind of, can't be said to be good by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Again, perhaps that's part and parcel of the fact that Clover was fairly soon after this dissolved and broken apart and people went their separate ways. Maybe they knew that was coming. Who knows? Maybe Capcom didn't. Well, it seems Capcom didn't have a lot of uh, confidence in it because, as you mentioned, Sean, Mm -hmm. uh, not, not always easy to find copies of. This, again, I mentioned near. this is a game that has, and as you've mentioned, Sean, people like Robert Florence, people like yourself, mm-hmm. um, absolutely lauding this game, shouting about it from, from rooftops and behind microphones um, to try and get people to watch it. Like, watch it? Play it. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> uh, to try and get people to play it. And yet... Um, Metacritic, not always a great barometer, but uh, as a just sort of um, dipstick uh, measurement, uh, 73 on Metacritic. And in this case, because it had a widespread of review scores. I was going to say, presumably um, it was quite polarized. I can't imagine there were many 7 out of 10s for this. It it wasn't, it wasn't a a, a stone cold 7 out of 10 at all. No, it was uh, was all over the place. And one of those that I thought was particularly relevant, again, review scores, not my favorite topic in the world. Mm -hmm. I just think that in this case, it is quite interesting to see. Oh, yeah, yeah. IGN, 3.0 out of 10. (laughs) I actually, uh, someone asked me on uh, Ask FM, because I I occasionally drag out the whole, you know, whenever whenever IGN do something I don't like, (laughs) it's always like, and they gave God Hand 3 out of 10. (laughs) And, you know, someone said... nail in their coffin. Yeah, like someone said quite rightly, like, you know, do you not think maybe that's a bit unfair given that it was, you know, the review was written by someone and you know published by an editor neither of whom are at the, at the website anymore uh, like maybe it's not fair to <laughs> you know leave that hanging over them and that you know they're absolutely right it's i'm mostly joking um yeah i do think that review speaks to um some of the attitudes that are prevalent at larger websites like your, you know your ign and stuff but um, but like you know, as, as you mentioned in the notes, they did later try and you know they put it in there. What in the top one hundred? It crept in at number one hundred in there. Yeah. Oh, they just put it in a number one hundred. It was number one hundred. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but 
but it, but it made and, and the PS2 had a hundred cracking games and more besides. So the well, fact yeah, that it made yeah. the list uh, goes to show. Yeah, and, yeah. and again, that's that's that speaks to the person who reviewed it, the editor who edited that review, and mm. and etc. And then someone else who was making up a, or the panel of people who were making up a top PS2 games of all time list mm-hmm. saw fit to put it on. So um, fair to say it's a polarizing game. I'm not sure it necessarily is as polarizing amongst us, but mm-hmm. that's that's the way the way it goes. We happen to have three people here who I, I think it's fair to say certainly don't hate the game in, in the <laughs> yeah. way that a three out of ten review might might indicate. I, I really love this game, which should be apparent uh, based on what mm. I've said, but. I totally understand somebody not liking this game because mm. in my eyes God Hand really only does one thing amazingly like mm-hmm. the combat system is just like uh, the top tier just one of the best mm. uh combat systems in any game ever mm. but if you're not interested in this style of game uh, <laughs> yeah. th- that style yeah. of combat there's really not much else on offer here because yeah. if you're interested in aesthetics in games don't play god hand if you're interested <laughs> in um you know storytelling in games don't don't play god hand you know like so i can i can totally see why this game got the reception it did because if you are you know completely in love with this genre 10 out of 10 you know (laughs) 9 like what have you but if this isn't the genre for you you probably hate it like honestly i could totally get that perspective (laughs) see an interesting one though because like i i get what you're saying absolutely but i think like the reason like uh you know rab's uh video guidance review um, is so important is because it's it's an important lesson in how to talk about games like this in that yeah like you know when it's such a like it's an objectively brilliant game i think but it, it like you say it is it is very niche not everyone is going mm-hmm. to like yeah, it yeah. but it's and it, it's difficult to know how to approach games like this as a critic yeah. um like because you know you're like am i criticizing a work of art or am i producing a buyer's guide um and yeah, I think it was, it might have been Quentin Smith who, um, I don't think he was talking about God Hand specifically. I think he was just talking about, you know, good but niche games in general. And he was like, don't, like, yeah, you're producing a buyer's guide, but, you know, don't feel the need to just be like, ah, you might not, like, it's really good, but you might not like it. It's like, if yeah. you just spend the review just enthusiastically and knowledgeably explaining why it is great, then pe- more people, people can, will stand a chance yeah. of actually enjoying it. Well, and also people will be able to tell from the way you are explaining what you love about it whether exactly. or not they would. They they can you know they can pick that pick that yeah. out themselves. Yeah. And like I say, and I think yeah. you know we Rab's review of, of God Hand. I think that is definitely like I I don't think I would have enjoyed the game um, without seeing his review first, um, which maybe just makes me an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> and, and that's exactly how that uh, that review starts. Yeah. Is is that's right. Oh, this game it's well here's what it is, here's what it isn't, here's yeah, and then and then Rab just comes in and, and talks about why he, he loves the game. Exactly. Um, and and I think it, it is important, yeah, what what you're saying kind of speaks to if if you break everything down, break it apart, try and look at every nut and bolt of of something, um basically reductionism. Um you you can tear any game apart. You can you can pick the one thing that it maybe doesn't do quite as well as the rest. Pull on it, and there's your thread to unravel the whole thing. If mm-hmm. if you want to, and you can do that. That's not just games. That's anything. Uh, if if you start being reductionist about it and and start um, you know being uh, I guess hypercritical. Um, but yeah, 
it's one thing to have a buyer's guide, but it, there's also space for a, a critical appraisal that, that doesn't necessarily treat something um, uh, or treat the review as a, a buyer's guide, but just mm-hmm. talks about what someone loves about it. Yeah. Um, and there are many, many uh, people who, who do that well. But uh, yeah, Robert Florence. And and to be fair, Sean, you and Andy do much the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's what makes uh, makes you guys <laughs> so so fun to, to talk to. So. <laughs> I feel a bit weird um, bringing up the, the legacy of this game because the the games we talked about that had an influence on this, many of them Capcom games, obviously, could also be seen as the influence for any game you could mention as the legacy of this. However, I mentioned Nero from Devil May Cry 4. He has a devil arm. He has an arm that does funny things. <laughs> and yeah. that seemed to me, as soon as I started playing God Hand, it was like, this character looks a bit, a bit like Nero, has an arm that's god hand devil arm it's not coincidence surely mm. um that seemed like an obvious one um bayonetta just because some of the people who were in, involved with this ended up at, at platinum games mm-hmm. um and and again it it's uh, an iteration on a, a genre that devil may cry was kind of the the poster child for um post child poster whatever um asura's wrath um in terms of the storytelling, the ludicrousness, uh, in terms of the character, and then obviously the the burst mode is very similar to to God Hand. Again, that's not necessarily something that God Hand established. It's just something that I can draw a line between and say, I could see if someone said that's where they got this. Yeah, that might be the case. Uh, yeah. Shadows of the Damned, um, obviously uh, Shinji Mikami related in that case, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a, a kind of feel to that game which is is ludicrous. It's got that kind of B movie yeah. feel, which <laughs> which this has in many ways as well. Um, yeah. And remember me for it's not for anything else, I don't think, but for <laughs> its its uh, sort of bring your own combat uh, yeah, yeah. combo system uh, where you can sort of socket things into place and create your own combat. So uh, struck me. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a game that people talk about with a... Like, people who finished it talk about it with a a sense of pride, I think. Um, Mm. Like, I've... Well, you know, (laughs) uh, me and Andy started half-heartedly making some business cards um, because we thought we might need them for Eurogamer Expo. God knows why. Um, (laughs) Like, mine literally, you know, uh, in in the bit where we were sort of, you know, have, like, your name and then where normally you would put sort of your role in the website, we were just putting, like you know stupid like achievements in it and my first one was has finished god hand on normal um <laughs> and like that and i think i was at um uh what was it uh, it was a press event for um yeah it's for mad world um and yeah and they they had a guy from the dev team uh come over and and straight away i was like now i've finished god hand so i feel like i'm gonna be okay with this and he was like oh wow like <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so that was cool i think it's you know like i finished um dark souls but everyone's finished dark souls that's not really <laughs> like anyone who bangs their head against dark souls for long enough um will eventually get through i think whereas god hand feels like a real sort of um, yeah. accomplishment yeah no that's uh, that's absolutely fair and and some of the games that we've mentioned otherwise yeah absolutely th- there are those that it does feel like a um a badge of honor to mm. to to have completed them um yeah definitely um josh any any other games you would you would mention that that could feasibly have taken something from it feels like such a reach to be doing this yeah. but I, just, I don't want to say this is obviously a result of god hand because but <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah any games that you would point to 
I mean, I think one of the, the more obvious omissions from the list that you've compiled mm, yeah. is uh, Anarchy Reigns. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, yeah, I've mentioned yeah, Mad, World, Mad World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that, that, that game definitely feels like it's riffing on uh, mm. God Hand's combat system. Mm-hmm. It's nowhere near as complex. It's, no. it's a much simpler game mechanically. But having that system in a multiplayer setting ended up being a really compelling experience for me mm-hmm. and it's just a shame that the servers were a ghost town within a month of that <laughs> game's launch because i it was one of the few multiplayer games i was actually really good at so i was really i was really disappointed when i when i uh, when i uh, tried to play it like I, I actually tried to play it again um like 6 months ago mm-hmm. and just like couldn't get a game just could, and it wasn't like you know people talk about <laughs> titanfall burning bright and fizzling out you could still get a game in titanfall <laughs> in anarchy raids like there's just nobody there's yeah. nobody online what However, we'll have to. Um, we need to organise a night on that because I'm pretty sure yeah, I still own it's it. a game you need to get people, uh, yeah, scheduled for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, before we get to our own roundups, which uh, we, I, I'm sure we'll have plenty to say to kind of sum up our own thoughts. Um, if you go to our forums in the week leading up to our recording of a podcast, which is usually a couple of weeks before it comes out, week and a half before it comes out, you will find a thread on there where people will leave their thoughts, uh, fairly long-form uh, thoughts on the game in, in question. And you can you can air your grievances or uh, glories on, on particular games. <laughs> so please do that. And the other way, if you want to send something directly to us, uh, if you email podcast at canerince.com, your, your thoughts on, on the games can, uh, can make their way into the, into the podcast. That wasn't how Matt Charlesworth contacted us he contact, contacted us via twitter but it doesn't fit in with the three word views so we're going to cover it here <laughs> uh, i wonder josh if you would uh, you would take us through matt's interesting point okay god hand is the citizen cane of punching people into space <laughs> and i'm not sure if this is common knowledge but god hand was the inspiration for portal's musical ending I didn't know that but actually I never heard that but i, I can believe me. it yeah no yeah, i can absolutely um, believe it because we haven't we haven't talked about the ending. Good lord! <laughs> <laughs> like never never before has an ending to a game like felt like such a pure like reward and pat on the back and like look here is a brilliant thing for you to look at and watch and listen to. Yeah. I'd not even remotely thought of it. I guess just because they're two completely disparate games made at different sides of the world by mm-hmm. as far as I know completely different people. But mm-hmm. uh, yes. Uh, any time I got to the end of Portal or Portal Two, and, and the music kicked in, a big smile on my face, and likewise mm. with yeah. uh, with God Hand. Yeah. Uh, we also have one forum post from Rich Woodward uh, Woodfella on our forums, who says God Hand makes me laugh every time I play, but it's much more than that funny game IGN gave a three out of ten to. It possesses one of the best fighting systems in games. It's fast, responsive, you're always on the offensive, and little feels better than opening a thug up with a perfectly timed guard break. Counter hits, dodge cancelling, the decision whether to tech the landing when you get knocked down or sacrifice a bit of health for that ever so enticing invincible uppercut. It's a system much deeper than it first appears and takes a while to get used to. The environments do not look good. Everything seems to have been devoted to character design and animation, both crucial to a fighting game like this one, both excellent. I'm not sure how I feel about the spanking, the dominatrix, the stereotypes. I don't think it matters too much, but they're probably the only thing about the game I don't love. 
Demons are an ingenious way of saying flip you, always seeming to arrive when you're your most confident just to take you down a peg or two. God Hand is probably my favourite game of all time. No game makes me happier. Play it immediately, then play it again on hard, the way it was supposed to be played in my opinion. Oh, and guys, don't act like you don't like the ball buster, yeah? That's just kind of summed up uh, a, lot of, a lot of what we had to uh, to say on it, a lot of stuff there that, um, that we fellas picked out that's absolutely what we've been saying. Playing it on hard, though, uh, a tip of the hat to, to him. Um, he also dropped in a three-word review, which takes us on to our next section, but we'll tuck this one in here. Uh, three-word review, Mikami's Magnum Opus. So thank you very much for, uh, for those. Simon Coles, Punching Folks Benchmark. Siam Ahmed says, Combo Dodging Madness. Evil Wallpaper says, Power Ranger Midgets. Oh, I hate myself for laughing, but I can't, <laughs> can't help it. Um, Sean's brother-in-arms, Andy Hamilton, says, God Hand Job. <laughs> and uh, Souls Extraordinaire, Rich Stanton, says, Boot Meets Ass." In spectacular fashion. Thank you very, very much to uh, those kind people for sending those in. We now have to summarise our own feelings on the uh, on the game. I thought, Josh, maybe you could kick us off, if you would, please. I think God Hand is um, an experiment in taking one aspect of a game and just going as far as you possibly can with it. Uh, the combat system is kind of peerless, and I don't mean that in the sense that uh, there's nothing better than it or anything like that. Just there's nothing quite like it. Um, there's lots of games that try to imitate it a little bit, like Mad World and Anarchy Reigns, but nowhere near with the depth and complexity that uh, God Hand brings to the table. Just every moment that you're uh, in in these uh, combat scenarios of enemies or bosses or what have you, it's it's just some of the most compelling action you can find in video games. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there is a really heavy strategic element to every encounter made it feel a lot deeper than what from you know an outsider looking in's perspective could be perceived as just a button mashing game uh, it, it definitely isn't that there's there's a lot of depth here that said i think the re- every other aspect of this game uh, <laughs> is pretty mediocre and in some cases poor uh, the, the 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 character designs are a bit iffy some of them are good but some of them i i don't really like i think the the environments are a bit bland um, just the art direction is confusing. There's no consistency in style or tone. Um, all of those things. But I have to say, because the combat system is as good as it is and is as brilliant as it is, all of that stuff kind of gets erased from your mind in the moment. It's only when you look back at it that you think, nah, that wasn't so great and so forth and so on. So I think God Hand in this in the one aspect the combat system is best in breed it's it's an amazing game and if you love uh brawlers like devil may cry or bayonetta or what have you uh this is a must play because it just it's unlike anything else you'll play in this genre um but if you're not, I, I can totally understand you being put off by this game. Uh, certainly aspects of it stopped me from playing it for a long time and, and, and also 
prevented me from just you know barreling through it at a at great pace. Um, I love this game, but with caveats. Absolutely fair and well said. Thank you very much. Um, I'll go next. Um, I love the fact that we haven't even mentioned Chihuahua Racing. Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. Amaterasu the Chihuahua, beautiful Joe pup. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of love gone into these games. Uh, one of the other uh, Chihuahuas is called Lucky Clover, has the best odds of winning, and is a lovely little nod to the people that made this game. Um, there's there's a lot of different places this game sort of draws from, and and it um, it makes me smile in a, an awful lot of ways. Um, Dead Rising, another game I didn't mention that that I I see a lot of influence from something like this in terms of tone and and that kind of thing. Um, it's a game that makes me smile, and and Josh, you've said better than I ever could uh, what you you love about the, the the fighting system, and I absolutely agree. Um, also, I haven't mentioned, not really related, but you can beat up a car because that <laughs> you can do in Street Fighter. So why not do it here? Because there's little challenge levels with fairies that again we didn't mention. Um, and yes, there are massive, massive. Uh, problems in areas that people would knock points off a review for etc and, and and i can't disagree with any of them in all honesty the game it doesn't look fantastic it, it the the dialogue's funny but by virtue of being so bad so um th- there are massive issues with with this but then i remember every time I, I just let the controller go, Gene would stop and dance and I'd just get this smirk on my face that I couldn't help myself. I'd seen it a hundred times, but he'd just stop this, start this dance that kind of makes makes uh, Commander Shepard look like the best dancer in the world and I just get a smile on my face and I can't help but love to the very centre of my bones a game that has me do a rhythm action section in order to punch cannonballs back at a boat and sink it it's just <laughs> i can't not love the game for what it does well and for it making me uh, making me smile as much as it did so yeah i i, I have nothing but admiration for uh, for god hand sean would you like to lead us out with uh, with your assessment of god hand yeah go on then um <laughs> i mean i haven't i haven't got a huge amount to add that you guys haven't already said i think it's um the main thing that that's so interesting about God Hand is is like Josh said, it's so completely focused um, mm. on the way it feels and the way the combat works that like it almost like resists any criticism because pretty much anything you could criticize the game for, like it's not trying to do well, <laughs> which is maybe a little bit of a cop out. But like you know, playing it now, um, you know that there are elements of it that might seem a bit dated, but those those things seem dated when it came out in 2006 like some of the strange (laughs) visual elements and the fact that it looks kind of bland in places um they they were just things that the game was simply never trying to do well in the first place um it's if you haven't played it it is absolutely worth visiting now like josh says there there is nothing else quite like it there are certainly other um equally brilliant possibly better um you know uh fighting games or brawlers or whatever um but none of them feel quite like this. I think probably, uh, yeah, like Mad World and Anarchy Reigns are sort of the last sort of, uh, uh, you know, elements of this sort of lineage um, of, the, you know, that sort of uh, Shinji Mikami game um, with with that um, control scheme. As great as it is that we have, you know, DMC and, you know, Bayonetta 1 and 2 and stuff and as brilliant as they are, there's something very different, very unique um, and sort of weighty um, about 
god hands that we, we don't really see anymore and for that reason and you know and the humor we haven't talked about the weird little call outs that the enemies do um when they shout you're not alexander at you um which <laughs> i totally didn't get until a few years ago someone explained um, and it was on a forum somewhere it's a reference to uh mike tyson was going on a rant after after a fight um, shouting, no, I'm Alexander, he's not Alexander, referring to Alexander the Great. Um, so that's why occasionally enemies will just shout, you're not Alexander. Um, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Uh, it's an amazing game. Um, and it's about, how much is it on PSN? It's like a tenner or something. Um, well worth it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah when, it, when it came out, it was on for $10 on US, so I assume uh, okay. yeah, £10 so, over so a year, if not less. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely brilliant video game. Nothing, Nothing else quite like it. Excellent. Thank you very, very much. I feel like I'm always doing it. I apologize for anyone listening to this who really doesn't like this game. I'm sorry we maybe didn't represent your uh, your perspective terribly well, but <laughs> it happens sometimes. And uh, I, I, I can only say we, we can only call a game as we, as we see it. And um, I would like to thank Joshua Garrity for joining us and also to Sean Bell. Would you like to tell any of our listeners who don't know where to find you where they can find uh, your fine self? Uh, do you want my address? Um, Absolutely, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cell phone number. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I can normally be found over at uh, midnightresistance.co.uk or Midnight Resist on Twitter because when we came up with the name for the website, we did not check if it would fit into a Twitter name. <laughs> um, there is a podcast there and sometimes words, although I don't think I've written anything for about a year. So, yeah, podcast. It's good. So, so you're due another one soon then? Probably, yeah. <laughs> really write something. Thank you very much for joining us. It's always fun to have you on. And always a pleasure. With that, we should say that you will you will be joining us next time too. Yes, for a let's face it, worse game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those who can't remember, back to the beginning of this podcast. Next time, it will be what issue one hundred and seventy eight. Uh, it's it's not technically illegal to play, but I'm going to say it's illegal to play it. Um, That won't stop us from finding out what it is to be too human. (laughs)